Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Semke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, we got a huge sale going on over at CalibratedPowerDuramaxTuner.com. We do. We actually have like, it's it's a two, two in one in a sense. You know, we have a month long uh, doorbuster sales over at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner. What are some of those things that we have going on? Absolutely. So we got a handful of turbos on sale, 25% off your 6.7 liter Power Stroke Stealth 67G2. Yep. Uh, 25% off the RX-41. That's a Roxor turbo. If you guys don't know what a Roxor is, you probably don't need that turbo. No. But if you have a Roxor, it's a screaming deal. Jump on it, grab it. Uh, and then we have some sales going on on the LB7 67G2 and on the third gen Cummins 67G2 turbos. And then we have 20% off L5P tuning which is super uh, exciting for me, that is on ECMs getting sent in. So yep. you send your ECMs into us for the unlock process to be performed, or maybe you already have an unlocked ECM and you want to switch up tunes, but we can get you taken care of there. Um, we have 50% off the 2020 plus Power Stroke black box tuning packages. So exciting The black box is a super cool tool. It no longer requires you to pull the ECM out and send it to a tuner. You can flash the truck yourself with the ECM in the vehicle. Never has to be removed. Actual remote tuning. Actual remote tuning. Love it. 10% off on our 5 to 6 speed conversions for the 01 to 05 guys. Those are popular. They're yeah. flying off the shelves. Um, then we have transmissions. So we have our 01 to 05 uh, DT550 uh, six speed transmission. So the six speed transmission for the 01 to 05, we're offering $500 off. Yeah, I really like that we rebuilt our product listing so people can more clearly understand because we used to get calls all the time. Yeah. Can I convert? Can I just throw an LBZ trans right. in my L L LB7 or LLY? The answer is always no. It doesn't mm -hmm. fit tail housing, blah, 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 all sorts of issues. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but what's cool is is now you can just buy a pre-built six-speed LB7 or LLY transmission. Drop if you do it right now, yeah. um, you get 500 bucks off. That's the best deal of, we're going to You get a discount on the conversion kit being done with the transmission. Yep. So there's already a price change. Then if you do it together, there's a promo that we're doing all month long. And That's right. I'll tell you what, there's been a bunch of guys already taking advantage of that. You know, a lot of interest there and guys are committing and, you know, putting in orders. So That's right. you know, if you guys have any questions or interest in that stuff, you know, let us know over at the shop. We'd be glad to help. And then we have some other stuff coming up towards the end of the month. That's right. Also a uh, big announcement here. We're going to run a flash sale on the 351 VE Stealth 64. So that's your mm -hmm. 07 and a half to 12 models. Knock 500 bucks off. Yeah. Do it. Do it now. Jump on. Jump do it on now. It. Um, there is there is somewhat limited inventory on those, I would just say. Uh, so we were a little bit nervous to run out this flash sale. That's why we didn't do too much prep in the uh, marketing around it. Uh, but it is a big deal. So if you, you do want one and you want to put one on, you know, like before Thanksgiving, I would literally call and order that one as soon as you're hearing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. That's enough for house cleaning. Do you want to give a shout out to our sponsors? I mean... Anytime I can talk about Exergy performance, you know, I'm, I'm always pumped too. So, you know, shout out to those guys, you know. They're definitely going to be. Uh, they're definitely going to be offering something for the holidays. You know, yep. they usually do. Um, you know, if there's any questions or uh, interest in specking fuel systems or whatever, feel free to give us a call. But you know, for us, that's always our one-stop shop for anything common rail fuel system related. That's right. Uh, WC Fab. Uh, God, you guys have heard us talk about WC Fab since the beginning of the podcast. That's because we love WC Fab. We love the yep. parts they make. We love uh, the job that they do. We love the powder coating services they provide. Uh, they 
they truly are top notch. Uh, and after visiting their facility here recently, yeah. it's it's undeniable. Jason just released, uh, Worley just released a video on their uh, stage two high flow bundle kits for the L5P. So it's the air intake horn, the intake, um, you know, their intake box, intercooler piping, real slick stuff. You know, yeah. he goes into a very, uh, a very detailed explanation about the sizing of the factory intercooler pipes, what his piping's capable of, the technology on how the intercooler pipes and the intercoolers all mate. Um, you know, so it was really cool i learned something watching that video uh, along the way so you know if uh, anyone has an l5p and you're interested in doing anything to a 7 to 19 or in this video the reference is the 2020 plus you know go on their uh, go on their facebook go on their website check out that you know it's pretty good stuff that's right and then last but not least of course xdp your one-stop shop for diesel performance uh the guys over at xdp i've been working with xdp the entire time i've been uh around diesel performance there's a reason that they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in the game when it comes to distributors, yeah. and that's because they know how to take care of people. So not only do they have an amazing line of products that are are built in-house and branded in-house, uh, actual XDP-branded products, but they also carry products from all of the top vendors across the entire country. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to find a more complete catalog of parts for your next upgrade than just going to XDP or giving a call over and talking with their experts. I know all of well, our products are sold at XDP. Right. Um we well, buy XDP products. Uh, they're a great company to work with. In the versatility, like we're not just saying, "Hey, they're good with common oil injection," right? They have your twelve valve parts, your twenty-four valve parts, your seven-three parts, your six-liter parts, your six-four parts. Like, you could literally go there and have any of the the modern-day diesel engines over the last twenty-five, thirty years, and they are going to have a product catalog to offer upgrades for that application absolutely hey speaking of older trucks chris let's dive right in today we're talking about the good the bad and the ugly of cummins yeah yeah do uh, you think about it man i mean when you came to me and said hey like you know we talked about originally doing the duramax right yeah. we did those two segments and then you get into the cummins side of things and it's like oh could could we put an episode together um you know talking about the older 5.9 and you think about the 5.9 cummins engine was released uh in 89 it's an 89 in a Ram. So they've been running Cummins engines from 89 all the way through current 2023. Tons of different variations. You know, in, in the Cummins world, you either have a 5.9 or a 6.7. But there is so much more to just a 5.9 or just a 6.7. So it's, I it's think cool to see that technology advance. And some of the older stuff is just so much of a blind spot for me. I never yeah. I never dicked around with 12 valves or 24 valves. I never had much interest. Um, I, and then when I got here, I was so heavy on the Duramax side and the common rail stuff. Uh, it was pretty easy to adopt my knowledge to understand yeah. Cummins common rail. Very, very similar uh, to Duramax common rail. So all of that kind of makes sense to me. And yeah. I, I think I have a logical basis around how it all works. Mechanical injection is just something that, like I said, it's just so much of a blind spot. Yep. I know so little. So I thought today, um, you being an old school cum dog, uh, would be able to help us out. And old school cum dog. <laughs> wow. You'd be able to walk us through some of the some of the beginning stuff, right? Yeah. So 89 kicks off um, with the 12 valve. Yep. What, what was good about that? Well, I think what's really cool when you think back in 89... You think of the older diesels that were prior, you know, like yeah. your, your mid-late 80s. Ford had a diesel. They had a 6.9, and then they had a 7.3, and the, those are uh, indirect injection engines with no turbocharger. So we're talking diesel, non-turbo. There were guys throwing turbos on, and, you know, there was some stuff starting to form, but... In 89, Dodge releases this turbo diesel, 5.9, you know, not a lot of power, um, 
mechanical injection, a little VE rotary style pump um, in a non-intercooled setup. So the turbocharger literally threw air directly into the intake. They had a crossover tube from the passenger side directly into the driver's side. Give me all the boost. And, um, you know, that was, I owned one. I I had an 89, it was a 90 model. And, um, you know, super cool. You know, it's just, it's crazy to look back and think like, Three-speed automatic trans, five-nine, you know, displaced motor, um, a fairly small turbocharger with a very loose exhaust housing, non-wastegated. Like the truck did what it was supposed to do, and it would run forever. And there was a reason they made no power. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, looking back from now, it's like it's funny what you call out is the what I would almost consider the low lights, right? Yeah. Non-wastegated, no intercooler, right. three-speed trans. Yep. It's like, to me, I hear those in 2022 and it's I'm like, like such, trash, trash, right. trash. But you think about it in 89. There you go. The technological advancements that that platform offered was unlike anything else. Yeah. You know, you see that engine was, was produced and then you look at like Ford. Ford didn't start to produce a turbocharged 7.3 Publicly, like I, there was some seven three IDIs, but like the Power Stroke was like the 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 first like Ford engine that I think of that had a turbocharger, and that wasn't until ninety four. Yeah. So you know, Ram coming into the game in eighty nine with this you know Cummins turbo diesel engine was super cool, and then you look at what did that you know wh- how did that first generation of Dodge change right like. There's different injectors. There's all these little different you know intricate things, but in the ninety one and a half. They end up putting a slightly smaller injector in the motor, adding an intercooler, and then adding a three-speed with an overdrive, so a four-speed transmission. I also owned one of those trucks, and like, in all honesty, I'd much rather have preferred my three-speed. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a non, uh, a non, uh, a non-lockup four-speed trans. Like, it was. They stunk. They, yeah. they really, really stunk. But they had they had the technology, right? They had a, a slightly um, a tighter exhaust housing on the turbocharger, non-wastegated. They they added an intercooler into the mix, and then they added you know the the extra gear you know in into the truck. So when you would compare the two, like my three speed truck with with no overdrive and no intercooler, like that was that was a strong runner. Like that thing got up and went compared to what I would consider my ninety two truck. It, did it drink fuel compared to the ninety two? Was it a yeah. significant change? in fuel mileage i wouldn't say that you know the mileage was like that crazy different um but in all honesty my my 90 did get better mileage than the 92 truck did that's so interesting um now my 92 truck would do 65 on the highway 70 if you if you wanted that doesn't sound like a brag no uh but (laughs) it is it really is um you you doing sixty five seventy one of those trucks like you're you're cooking you know the 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 the, the thin sheet metal uh, on the truck like you hear every little wind you know going in and out yeah um but the the ninety model with the three speed like you were hard pressed to do fifty five sixty mile an hour you know three oh seven gears three speed auto like <laughs> you were tapped out there but like, yeah cruising around town that thing got dumb mileage that thing okay. was a really really cool truck um I, I i always kind of laugh about like when you look at these older trucks and we talk about like how reliable they are and how yeah. there's little technology so there's not a lot to to get complicated right it's kind of a, an oversimplified yeah. uh concept on how all of this works but they did i remember cummins used to have like three hundred thousand mile interval um go ahead and just 
new piston rings. You, you know, like like it was just like standard stuff of like, oh no 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 no, like you you got a diesel engine, you probably know how to work on yeah. it. If not, find it find any mechanic you could throw a wrench yeah. at, uh, and they'll know how to do like what what we would consider today major modifications yeah. or major overhauls. Um, I don't think anybody writes a service interval at three hundred thousand miles. No, that's no. just not I a mean, thing anymore. And it's crazy. You just expect you'll never see that, and if you do, your truck's a piece of shit, and you need to trade it in. Well, like I think that's goes back to like you know they always would refer to those engines as the million mile motors. Yeah, you know, and like those engines when when I had those trucks, I mean, we're talking trucks with three four hundred thousand miles, uh, never dripped the, never burnt any liquid oil, like n- nothing. Like they were solid solid motors and i tinkered i played like that's what i learned to play with but they were also so simple like any i've always believed that if you're going to get into diesel and you can get into one of those older trucks you could get really hands-on in a very simple platform and it can gain you a lot of confidence yeah i was never a mechanic i was never very mechanically minded back then and i did all my work myself on those trucks and it usually worked out the truck ran and drove when it was all said and done like there wasn't a lot that you could essentially mess up you know sure go on youtube and you find out okay i want to advance timing or go on youtube and oh, i want to turn up the fuel screw or i want to set back the idle like there were a lot of cool youtube how-tos back then like for me this is 2008 2009 where you could go on there and you could literally add 50 hundred horsepower you know to your old truck sure. snap of a finger yeah you just upgraded beyond dial-up so you could finally like actually watch yeah. a video on youtube yeah 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 no exactly you know smartphones are starting to become popular you know back then so I love it you know you have that so you know when you look at the first gen and you think of you know the the highest horsepower first gen was like 160 horsepower like it was it was nothing you know trash um you know you think like oh only 160 horsepower and oh it didn't have a wastegate or a variable vane turbo or or, oh, it only had four gears, or yeah. you know, only like I said, 160 horse. But like, what would it take to go from 160 horsepower to like 300 horsepower, which is where common rails pretty much start at? Yeah, I mean, I think in in one of those trucks, for one, you would you would have to figure out a transmission, like you would have to. Um, I think 300 horsepower is going to be kind of, and I could be a little off on this, but I think 300 horsepower would be kind of like a peak almost for what you would expect to see out of an old VE rotary pump if you were to modify it and max it out. Okay. But you're talking injectors, you're talking a turbo upgrade, you know, I'm pretty simple bolt-ons in today's standards, but you know, you're, you're going to be throwing a few grand at a truck just to get it up to, you know, what some of the newer stuff is capable of nowadays. All right. I mean, we're talking 12 valves. You can't talk 12 valves without talking P-pump. No. What, what the fuck is a P-pump? Yeah. Why would anybody care? I remember, you know, a little backstory. I remember very early on, I was probably like 17, 18 getting into this stuff. And I remember opening up diesel power mags, diesel world mags. And, you know, first gen, there was a diesel, diesel, uh, diesel power was doing a project rust bucket, uh, build at that time. And it was, um, an old first gen that they were doing a bunch of stuff, you know, the quest to make tons of power. And in that there would always be a lot of features over those couple of years of, you know, rustoed first gens, right? And everyone always talk about, oh, P-pump swap, P-pump swap. I never knew what a P-pump was. Right? <laughs> I never had an idea. Um, but the P-pump is uh, referred to, um, it's actually what's called the P7100 pump, and it's just an upgraded style injector pump. And that injector pump was dominant over the last 20 years. In, yeah. In diesel performance. If you're still around, like, big sled pulling, I yeah, think a like lot of guys still talk mechanical. about it. Yeah. Um, so, 
basically what was so revolutionary with the P pump was is that replaced the VE rotary and it's your fuel injector pump. Right. Um, and it's crazy because this injector pump looks like a scaled down version of the engine itself. <laughs> it's a big inline pump that hangs on the driver's side of the truck. And um, those pumps are capable of, of supplying a lot of fuel. So throughout 94 to 98, there were a lot of different pump options. There were 160 horse, 175 horse, 180 horse, and then a 215 horse pump. And those were all based on the year. And then if it was an automatic or a manual, so... You manuals know, got more power? Manuals had more power. Uh, the earlier years were 160. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they, they go up in years as uh, the power output was increasing. Cummins you know? fucking loves a high output option. Oh, yeah. I they do. I just... <laughs> yeah. But those pump, I mean, they're, they're crazy. Like, they are their own engine. They have their own cam, their own plungers. Like, it's really cool to kind of look at, you know, they go from this little itty-bitty pump to this pump that, you know, literally takes up the whole driver's side engine bay. You know, yeah. It's, it's a big, big, big pump. I remember the first time I got to see a P-pump, I want to say, was uh, I was visiting TS. We, okay. we didn't have a booth. I think uh, uh, an old co-worker of ours was, was still here. Uh, we were just going out to to TS to kind of hang out and meet and greet and shake hands. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys, because they used to do the drag race at one location and then yep. sled pulls at night at yep. another location. We were at the drag race and I was walking over under alley and somebody had, you, you know, whatever, a truck in their booth. And I like actually got to see it. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Like, yeah. like this is, this is hard to give it the right, right respect by just describing it. Yeah. Like you really have to see it to get no. the impact of how big this pump is and and also like being out there especially that's like an old I don't think they do TS anymore. No. Um but that at the time that was like the peak of sled pulling. Like if you were pulling at TS yeah. you were a big swing in dick and no. diesel. Um and it was crazy how many Cummins were sled pulling in that part yeah. of the country, it was a big Cummins area of the country. Um and and just you couldn't pass Anybody with a well-built sled pull truck that wasn't running a 12-valve with a P-pump uh, and some big, crazy yeah. turbo setup. Well, I think you think about it into like today's standard. You think about the newer common rail stuff, and it's like, you know, you pop the hood. There's the engine. It's all kind of sitting there. It's all, you know, the more wiring now than, you know, the older trucks. But everything is, you know, there's not like a lot of like... Th pops out at you yeah you open the hood on an old 12 valve you have these crazy fuel lines that are bent out of the pump that are making its way into the injector itself and it's just like it, it just it, it gravitates you know like you, you, your eyes go right towards yeah. that like there is this like pop and when you get into like sled pull stuff you know polished lines this and that like there's just a lot of crazy shit going on when you pop the hood on one of those trucks. You're, you're not lying it, it, it's it's an iconic look yeah right no, and, really and i is. think that's one of the things too about those those older first gen trucks um, or, or any of the 12 valves out there is, is they do have kind of that iconic front end of what yeah. I think of when I think of an old diesel. Yeah. I think of a Cummins front end. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. It, it is, it's that flat flush front uh, yep. of the grill and the big headlights yep. and, and the Ram, the, the, the stupid, obnoxious, yep. awesome Ram on the I hood. I had, had, had one of those. Which I, know, I, anything that's obnoxious and stupid, I, I have a, about a soft spot in my heart for, 100%. <laughs> like, oh, that's completely useless and just yeah. there to look cool? I dig it. So what's cool, in, in 94, you know, they introduced the P-Pump. They introduced a uh, internally waste-gated, you know, fixed-vein style turbocharger, right? Variable vein didn't come for years to come. Yeah. And uh, the intercooler still is there. It's bigger, more robust. Intercooler piping is more robust. Um, they go to a, a four-speed auto with uh, manual lockup. 
so mechanical lockup style, um, which I think that was pretty revolutionary, you know, all things considered. Um, owned one of those as well, 94, 95 era truck, which, you You're know. A real common I've had everything, man. I've had everything. Um, but super cool truck, you know, updated body, updated interior. Like, it was pretty badass. I love when we say updated interior. If you yeah. see one of those today, you would not, those are not the words you would use to describe I it. have literally <laughs> been looking at doing like an older truck project. Like I miss my old truck. I, you know, the older ones. What, what about it? What about the old truck do you miss? The nostalgia. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just not the actual sitting in it or driving. I do. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Like I miss, I miss getting in a truck and it sounds like an old tractor. You All know, right, and fair. you have these, uh, you know, it's just when you think of diesel engines, like that is what I think of because that's what I was brought up. That's what I came into this industry with. Yeah. You know, you get into the newer stuff and yeah, the newer stuff's nice. You know, it's luxurious, you know, depending on the trim levels and the engine's harmonics isn't super rattly. It's very smooth. And the newer engines even. They built like sound dampening yeah, into the truck. Exactly. And, yeah. and I mean, even from the outside, like, you know, if, if, if you have modifications to the truck, they're still not as loud as what the old stuff was you know or rattly and clankly is is the older stuff was yeah clattery yeah so you know it's just uh you know it's just one of those things where he experienced it and it was super cool to experience that and you get it in every so often you're like this is this is pretty neat you kind of miss it you're really making me feel like a lazy bitch because um I love all that new shit. I, I can't do stay. I mean, whenever, whenever I have to drive one of the old trucks, like uh, Nick's got Odos are here. Yeah. There's been a few times we've had to take it out for like media for taking yeah. pictures and shit. And every time I try to get somebody else to drive it because I'm just like, there's nothing about driving this that's enjoyable yeah, to me. I like, could, I mean, I could the carpeted that. dash. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> well, that's a cover because the dash is always cracked. Yeah, but yeah, 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 you know. But it's just you know, it's just that's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of what you got brought up in. You know, I think that that's the big thing. Like for me, I was brought up into that era. Yeah. Um. You know, that's the, the those were the first trucks that I ever played with, you know, and they're simple, you know, they're just, the, they, they either run or they don't, they work or they do not work, you know, so it's <laughs> troubleshooting and diagnosing those are, you know, pretty standard, pretty easy stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I think they're cool trucks. I think, I, I think the 12 valves definitely hold this like high regard, this like, and I don't know if it's all nostalgia like you, or if there is like, there's probably a little bit more of like, some reasoning of what you could put in for dollars per horsepower out of a 12 valve. You're not. Where you could go with a 12 yeah, valve. Yeah. Um, you're, you're pretty open on that, yeah. right? Um, but then then we got into the 24 valve. Yep. Yep. Walk, walk me through what people got when they went from a 12 valve to a 24 valve. What, what's the big changes? Well, you go from... 12 valves in the head to 24 valves in the head. So instead of one intake, one exhaust, you now have two intakes, two exhausts. Um, that was supposed to help with, you know, fuel efficiency, emissions, all that good stuff. Um, you go to a, a rotary style injector pump again. So very similar mechanism to like the older VE in the first gens, but it's electronically controlled. So you have a circuit board on the pump itself that controls the injector pump and how it injects fuel to the injector. So it's still a mechanical injector, still have lines and, you know, how the fuel gets delivered, but it's controlled through an electronically ran injector pump. It's that's mechanically operated. Maybe one of the most simplest versions, the most basic electronic controls. Oh, 100%. It, it, this isn't like computer programming as much as it is like diodes and signals turning on yep. and off like it, yep. it is 
extremely yep. simplified compared to anything that we would see today. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the intercooler and the intercooler piping, you know, that's all pretty much the same. The turbochargers, minimal changes, you know, maybe a wheel, a millimeter off here, a millimeter added here, but all things considered, the turbocharger from the basis of what we talk about, relatively the same. Um, you know, back in the 12 valve stuff, they did a mechanical lockup, a 47RH automatic. They offered manuals as well. Yeah. But the, the mechanical lockup are 47RH in. Uh, 9495 then they go to a 47 re which is an electronic lockup in 96 all the way through 98 and then they held that from 98 and a half to 24 valve through you know the 2002 model which those were all the 24 valve um you had a standard output motor uh, and then you had a high output motor the high output motor i believe was like 235 or 245 horsepower like not, not still impressive. not to, to today's standard, <laughs> but you know, now you're talking a truck where in that era, you know, you can throw a tuner on there and you can, you can make that 300 horsepower, you know, the trans wouldn't like it, but you yeah, know, yeah. it would do it. Um, and once again, you know, it's just, um, real loud, super obnoxious. They have a very small operating window, you know, a VP truck makes power and, I've always enjoyed them. Um, they 500 horsepower in a VP truck is like nothing else with 500 horsepower. I don't care what anyone says. It feels sketchy. It's it feels. Like, I mean, the, for from the who's truck used to being around newer trucks. Yeah, and you get in a 500 no, for sure. horsepower. You go, you're, VP, from your experience talking about Odozer, right? Like, like we have a like, we have a second gen at the shop. This feels like it might come yeah. apart if I get too far into yeah. the throttle. But when you get into that truck, your butt dyno at 500 horse is like fuck. This thing's like six seven hundred horse. Like this thing just. <laughs> This thing rides like it. It gets up and fucking rides. Now tuning, tuning uh, went from a screwdriver to a computer. Yeah, it is what 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 jumps out to me is I think about twelve valve to twenty four valve and yeah. getting into the VP uh, pumps and all that. It's still not quite like like a hundred and fifty table changes. No. In, in a common rail. Well, now there's complexity there too that you have to consider because those trucks have an engine control system. Okay, and you can do tuners like uh, a Smarty Box, for an example, is a tuner that will communicate with the powertrain control module. But you're still limited because unless you offer a tap to the pump and tell the pump you want more fuel, you're only going to ever be able to do 50, 60 horsepower, give or take. Yeah. So now you want to unload the true potential, unlock the true potential of that. You need to have a, a tuner box kind of like a Quadzilla Adrenaline or a Quadzilla, Quadzilla 4K or the Edge Comp Box yeah. where it communicates with, with the, the PCM or you know tricks the system, plugs into your map sensor – um, it's going to plug into the uh, J1939 data link for the ECM, but it's also going to have a, a wire that you're going to tap on your injector pump. So you're actually tapping the hot wire on the injector pump and sending electronic pulses to it, telling the pump you want more power. Yeah. And that's really where you're going to turn that thing up and, and make some serious power. I always love talking to those guys on the phone about like a turbo or like we used to tune uh, yeah. a handful of vp trucks i think we've kind of walked away from it uh realized like hey there's better i mean as technology advances, there's better options at a cheaper price yeah yeah exactly um but it's always fun to talk to those guys about like how many things they stack i feel like stacking yeah. tuners started with this because oh, you this had is, to this do is it yep. a comp box plus another tuner yep. like you like you had to, to get do those the most things. out of it yep. so then then those guys kind of learned that habit and i remember like mid 2000s late 2010 or early 2010 that's when it was like probably a lot more popular to talk about stacking tuners on common yep. rails which is 
highly discouraged well, I mean, in today's th- world. Think about the technology, right? You think about 2010. I mean, you got into this in 2011, 2012, and you think about what's that era. You know, the 5.9 Cummins, when you get into the common rail in 03, like those guys either came off of 12 valves or they came off of a second gen 24 valve or their buddies came off of that. And yeah. the stigmatism in the market or in the industry was you want power. This is how you do it. Custom tuning was just starting to be a thing specific to the 06, 07, 59. So, yeah, you had an 0305 truck like you treated it as such. You did a Smarty. You stacked it with a, you know, um you know, do like a smarty TNT and then you, you know, do another style programmer at edge or whatever well, that case may be. Oh yeah. Tuners. The old yeah. stuff. <laughs> and like that, that's what you would do to make some power. But that's, again, it was always common, like in the second gen world to do like an edge and a smarty. You know, yeah. it was like kind of like your, that was your cocktail to making power. I love that. The cocktail for power. Um, okay. Okay. So, so this is, this is maybe not Cummins, the, the VP trucks, maybe not their their legacy that they would want to leave behind. Certainly things have gotten better since then. I mean, I think when the 24 valve engine was out, there was a lot of guys that were dissatisfied with that and, and kind of leaned more towards the 12 valve due to, you know, they were plagued to have lift pump failure issues, which caused the VP44 pump to fail. So, you know, kind of like the stigmatism that six liters have and six fours have from a seven three is the same stigmatism that the 24 valve engine had compared to the 20, uh, the 12 valve truck. Okay. So, you have these trucks, right? And there's preferences there. Like, I, I like my 24 valve more than the 12. There's other guys that agree. There's a lot of guys that disagree. And then 03 comes about, right? And that's where the technology there is going to be very similar to the technology you came into this industry knowing in the Duramax common rail world. Yeah. So 03, 59, common rail injection, everything changes. And, and it's it's Bosch common rail. So Bosch it's, common it's, rail, it's yep. so similar to to a Duramax setup yep. that you have a CP3 pump. You yep. have very similar, not the same, but very similar style of tuning and calibrating yep. the truck. You now have the ability to see what fuel pressure is. In the older trucks, you were never able to see what fuel pressure was because it was all mechanical. Yeah. So you have electronic sensors, you have a rail, you have mechanical, uh, or uh, sorry, a solenoid controlled injector, which is all electronically controlled, no more mechanical crap. Right. Um, still have a fixed vein style turbocharger that's electronically internally gated. Um, you still have, you know, a trans transmission they go from a 47 to a 48 re which is an electronic uh you know just it's it's a little bit more electronically controlled is the best way to put it um but super super cool stuff absolutely and i think guys that's where we're going to take a quick pause as we're going to dive into more of the common rail five nines uh next week uh so definitely make sure you're sticking around and checking us out for that hey if you guys haven't noticed uh our facebook page on our facebook group is super super active so you can check out diesel performance podcast facebook page or you could join the fans of diesel performance podcast facebook group uh and that'll let you come in and talk to other guys uh that are also fans of the show and kind of be be a part of the community um I am no longer running our Facebook page, which I, know, I think that's is why, it's why there's to grow. actual content yeah, on no, there now. Sure. Uh, it's not a side project for me. We have a guy here, uh, Ben Lawson. We'll give him a shout out. Yep. Uh, he's the one posting on there, replying to your comments. He's super, super helpful. I think he's done a really great job. Uh, if you have feedback for us in the show, uh, the page or the group, either place, great place to get a hold of us, great place to uh, follow up with us. Chris, real quick, because we do have a sale going on, how can uh, anybody who's interested in one of the products that are on sale at Calibrated Power reach you? So, I mean, I think the best option is just give me a call, 815-568-7920, shop line. My direct extension is 2121, and then my email is cmke at duramaxtuner.com. 
Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, This has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. And Old school come down. <laughs> wow. <laughs>